paranormal chicks and as part of the 31 nights of halloween we have some more special guests for y'all we have the killer freaking queens with us oh new name yeah well (laughs) y'all should check them out for sure so we have tori and torella with us so welcome hello thank thank you you for having us get out of my head oh (laughs) you want to tell a little bit about your podcast and who you are i'm tori and i'm torella Yes, and we are the Killer Queens, also known as the Brothers Sisters, but our podcast is true crime, but it's a lighter take on it. It's conversational. We have some 90s references thrown in. A lot of 90s references. A lot of 90s references. Some Southern sayings thrown in. Things like that. Tails, bales. Tails, bales, and puppy dog tails. (laughs) 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 Love it. That's awesome. Well, thank y'all so freaking much for being here. Do y'all normally say, we'll all have a Merry Christmas after that? Or was that just my mom? That was definitely just your mom. (laughs) Definitely. Y'all, her mom. Special. Definitely just your mom. That's so funny. So what she'd say, well, hell's bells and I'll have a Merry Christmas after? She said, well, hell's bells and puppy dog's tails. We'll all have a Merry Christmas. (laughs) Every time. Like like October 31st, she would say that. I don't know. That's just, yeah, I think so. <laughs> That's amazing. She That's also precious. Used to, she would also say for Chicago, how you spell it, uh, what is it? Chicken, Chicken in the, the car, in the car, car I go. go. That's how you spell Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> that was oh, adorable. <laughs> so fun. <laughs> oh, my God. She had her great. own language. She did. She I did. That's sweet. <laughs> well, I learn more and more every day. You know, when on TikTok they have those things like, I was today years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was today years old when I learned that that was not part of that saying <laughs> ever. <laughs> ever. It doesn't even rhyme. And I know that. I'd never know rhymes. I don't. That's why I was like, wait, huh? Okay. <laughs> I, I thought know. everyone did that. Yeah. <laughs> that is Who so knows? cute. All right, so we're switching it up a little bit. I'm, you know, going in Carrie's Pond of true crime, but we're sticking with Halloween, and we're going to do a Halloween crime. But, y'all, this case is pretty tragic. Oh, so not so much lighter like their regular episodes. I mean, they cover some heavy cases. Oh, my gosh, yes. Every case is. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But we find a way to make it light, you know, keep it as light as possible. Yes. Picture it. Baton Rouge, Louisiana, August 1992. This is when Yoshihira Hattori arrived and met his host family, the Haymakers, and began his journey as a foreign exchange student. Yoshihiro 
or affectionately called Yoshi by his friends and family, and and I'll call him that from here on out, was originally from Japan and was 16 years old. So very, very young. And I didn't know if I needed to do a content warning. What are we talking about? I know. This one is very heavy. It does involve teenagers. He was a middle child of three children and had been hesitant to sign up for the exchange program with the American Field Service, the AFS. But once he did, he threw himself in full force and he was excited, no longer nervous. He had told his parents, Mako and Masaichi, that this was his chance to introduce his Japanese culture and traditions to his host family and learn theirs as well. I don't understand how people can just at that young of age, just like go across the world and start this new life, like temporarily, like that's the strength and the yes. And the resiliency, like that's amazing to me. And you would think possibly not being very familiar. I mean, it's a completely different language, right? Um, So that's a complete culture shock, but I'm 33, going to be 34 in a couple of weeks. And I am not brave enough to do that. Never, never. Mm, Yeah. I know whenever I was starting college, I was going to go to this school in Birmingham and I went for my weekend thing, took all my entrance exams and cried the whole time. I was like, mom, I can't do it. I'm not ready. And it wasn't until basically after undergraduate that I was able to move away. I mean, I think I was like 24 when I finally could move away. I mean, I'm back obviously, but I I don't know how they do it. 16, no parents, no, I mean, right. that's amazing. And he had no idea where he would go. He just signed up. It's not like he wanted to go to Canada. So he was going to go to Canada. Right. It was, you know, just a lottery. Letting Jesus take the wheel. Definitely. Well, and he also told them that he wanted to be able to make wherever he ended up his second home country. His host family, who have the coolest freaking last name ever, the Haymakers, they sound like a fan base. Do they not? Yeah. Like the haymakers, like that's a fucking cheering section at a football game. <laughs> or really, yeah. Or a band. Like a yes. like a rock band. Yeah. yeah. The haymakers. Or for some reason I'm I guess I'm in a spooky state of mind, but I'm like, ooh, the haymakers. Like I don't know why I'm like it's it sounds kind of spooky. I don't know why. It oh. does. Well then I was picturing like they have a uh, farm and you do the hay rides and yeah. they have like a pumpkin patch and the whole thing. Yes. Yeah. Like a scary yes. like scary scarecrow. Well, yeah, and you get like lost in their uh, corn maze. Exactly. Let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they were Father Richard, Mother Holly, and their son, Webb. Richard was a college professor in theoretical physics or something way beyond my knowledge. And Holly was a doctor, also way beyond my knowledge. (laughs) Yeah. Talk about a power couple. Sheesh. Right? (laughs) Could you imagine they're like conversations to each other like, i would yeah. need a fucking thesaurus or a yeah. dictionary yeah. see i couldn't even say Brand the right lighter. thing give me a dictionary yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, um i did a tour of a college campus once <laughs> <laughs> they have lots of books yeah well and webb he was the same age as yoshi so it was perfect for them too they also had hosted exchange students before but their time with Yoshi would be different than any other they had ever had before. For instance, just 10 days after he arrived, tragedy struck the Haymakers residence. 
Webb, Yoshi, and some other high school boys were outside in the pool playing Marco Polo. As you do. Mm-hmm. Well, Webb accidentally dove into the shallow end. He had to be rushed to the hospital and underwent surgery and received a tibial bone graft. To what, though? So they take out part of the bone in the tibia. So your two bones, like, below your knee, you have the tibia and the fibula. The tibia, totally. the tibia is the bigger one. So they took out part of it and put it wherever else. I'm assuming his neck. If he dove in yeah, the shallow end. Yeah, it's in his neck. Holy. You have to pay us for that knowledge that she just put on you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll put it towards my student loan debt. <laughs> so he would have to wear a neck brace for a little bit after that. So can you imagine what Yoshi's feeling 10 days after he gets to this new place and then he has to spend this time with his new best friend in the hospital and there is a hurricane. I think Hurricane Andrew that had just hit there too. Do you remember Hurricane Andrew? I remember Andrew. No. I do. It's what year is this? 92. Nin- yeah. Oh, Look, God. Look, I'm paying attention today. <laughs> On it. I got, I got yeah, people I watching me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. I don't recall Andrew. I have a husband named Andrew. He is a hurricane. <laughs> yeah. So that daily, but he's a mess. <laughs> he massacres everything he touches. It's a whole oh. thing. Yeah. Oh, my Oh, gosh. Well, Webb and Yoshi were complete opposites. Webb was this introvert, whereas Yoshi had a zest for life. He wanted to live it to the fullest he could. Yoshi had played on his high school's rugby team, but his school in Baton Rouge, it didn't have one. But he didn't let that deter him at all. He just went another route and explored a different side of himself. He enrolled in a jazz dance class. Wow. That's different. So brave. I mean, just like, right? fuck it, I'll try this. Like, whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. and about different, I mean, totally different than rugby. Not like, yeah. uh, I mean, just like a totally, like, I was like, okay, maybe soccer, football. Yeah. Like, right. No, jazz. Yeah. He was <laughs> just. Cool. I mean, get it, dude. Yeah, yeah. And he was a hit at the class. Everyone loved him. He loved it. And he was just one of those people you meet and you just smile because he evokes happiness. That's awesome. Well, fast forward just a little bit to late September, and Mom Holly had taken the boys to attend a local blues festival. She said that's when Yoshi was invited to a Halloween party that we'll get to in just a second. But Holly said it was a classic Yoshi moment because in 0.5 seconds, he had spotted a Japanese girl, went over, struck up a conversation, and then came back and was like, hey, there's a party later. Can Webb and I go? And she's like, you were here for like just a second and you've already got plans for another day? He's like, yeah. And, you know, Webb's just like, okay, cool. You know, just standing there. (laughs) Oh, and by the way, you're not invited. Yeah. <laughs> but, and of course, he wanted Webb. Yeah. Know, whatevs. But, and can you imagine 16? I don't want to do that as a 36 year old to like just Mm-mm. go up and talk to someone. I'm no, like, oh, never. Mm-mm. I'll talk to him later. Yeah. Much less go to a party where I know no one. No, thank you. Oh I don't want to go to a party where I know people. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I think oh. I'm going to be napping then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I have to wash my hair. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the Halloween party was for other Japanese exchange students, and it was in central Louisiana, 
which was like 25 minutes from the city of Baton Rouge. It was like a suburb of it. And of course, Yoshi was like, Webb, your tote's going too, because I want you to. You're my brother, but also you have to drive. I was just about to say he needed a ride. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he's not dumb. (laughs) Right. October 17th, 1992. That came around and that was the night of the Halloween party. Richard and Holly were excited because they were spending this time together at a movie theater to watch The Last of the Mohicans. Oh, fantastic. Right? It really, imagine that. (laughs) Y'all's faces. I know. I've never seen anything. (laughs) She really hasn't. It's cinema gold. You got to watch it. It is. It is good, but it's so weird too, like to hear this story and it takes place just like I know all of this stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, uh-huh. oh, my God, like I've been to Baton Rouge. I know that movie, you know, like, I don't know. It's just weird because normally when Carrie does something, it's older or it's up north or it's wherever. And it's like, I don't know any of those places or I don't mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, but it just like so familiar feels, to you. Yeah. Well, the boys were super excited. They were getting ready for their party. And remember how Webb had to wear that neck brace? Mm hmm. He was like, okay, I'll make the best of this. I'm going to be a crash victim. So he had his neck brace already. He just wrapped a bandage around his head and he was like, done. Yeah. Boom. That's really uh, making lemonade out of lemon. I know. I like, that's being <laughs> glass half full right there. <laughs> I mean, I was like, that, that would be me. That 100. Would be me. I would, well, one, I'd be like, oh my God. I'm going to do epic stuff with this. And then last minute, I'd be like, I got a bandage. Okay, cool. How do we get it? But Yoshi was being true to himself and his love of all things John Travolta. That is, I did not expect that. No. Because no. he had just like really thrown himself into pop culture of America and just everything. And he just loved everything John Travolta was doing. And so he decided to dress up as him in Saturday Night Fever. So the dancing makes more sense now. Yeah, 100. Oh, yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, so he went white tux, ruffled shirt, all of that, and off they went. Webb wasn't too familiar with Central, so there were a few misturns and wrong, you know, Wrong turns, all the things, but you had to actually read a map then, right? Right, there was no like like, ew maps.com or anything like that. Map quest, yeah, you couldn't even print off the directions. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I remember when map quest was a thing though, and like we would print off like 20 pages of directions, and it's like, can I okay, and throw the first page away because that's just how to get out of your neighborhood. I know that, (laughs) yeah, yeah, exit your driveway, yeah, and it couldn't tell you like the traffic pattern then so it's like okay it'll take you 10 minutes to get there and an hour later you're like well fuck it there's <laughs> yes. Yes. especially in baton rouge oh my gosh yes now i do everything gps it's ridiculous oh yeah right. well they finally arrived around eight o'clock p.m bedtime <laughs> <laughs> exactly they got started at eight what <laughs> yeah i know right There were three cars in the driveway, some Halloween decorations outside. So they were like, okay, this is it. We have arrived. But it wasn't the right place. 
it was a simple mistake, one that I would totally make myself, one that I have made before because I transpose numbers all the time. They were supposed to be at house 10131 East Brookside, but it was 10311. Oh, no. I can't remember a number to save my life. So I I, You may have just said the same numbers. Right? I like, yeah, exactly. Oh, my gosh. Like, how? Oh, like, I literally do that all the time. It's so easy to do. Yeah. Especially if you've never been there before. You have no idea what you're looking for. Well, and that house yeah. number is 19 numbers long. It really is. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> Well, this house belonged to Rodney and Bonnie Pierce, along with their two sons. Rodney was a 30-year-old butcher at a supermarket and was not hosting an exchange Halloween party. But the guys didn't notice the mistake. They were just excited and 16. And this is Yoshi's first party, Halloween party in America. And so it's a big freaking deal. They get out of their car, walk up to the front door, and ring the doorbell. But there's no answer. They almost give up right then, but then they heard some rustling coming from the side door under the carport. And they knew that sound. It was blinds. Webb walked over so he could see, and it was a woman. We know it's Bonnie. She opened the side door. But then when Yoshi walked up next to Webb, Bonnie slammed the door shut and locked it. So the guys were like, what the fuck? Okay, then. And they started to walk out of the yard. Webb had started to walk down the block thinking, okay, it's got to be a different house then. Same block, whatevs. But then they heard the door open. He just kept walking a little bit. But Yoshi didn't, though. He turned around and started to walk toward the man who had opened the door. And that was Rodney. And he was holding a 44 Magnum <gasps> revolver. What? That that escalated. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like um, zero to 100. What you the couldn't fuck, have, dude? Yeah. Well, how about we start with, hi, excuse me, <laughs> who are you? Can I help you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, what they didn't know is that when Bonnie slammed the door shut in their face, she yelled to her husband, go, get the gun. And he didn't ask any questions. He didn't do anything. He heard terror in his wife's voice, and he thought he was protecting his family. But terror, once she saw Yoshi, Webb was fine, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Yes. Very nice. And he was wearing a very nice suit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand the threat here. Right. Very nice. Also, when Rodney looked out the blinds, he didn't see anyone. So he opened the door, and that's when Yoshi heard it and started to make his way back. Webb later said in an interview, he thinks Yoshi thought it was like a Halloween prank. Right. You know, maybe this is what they do. I don't know. And maybe he just didn't think the gun was real because in Japan, They weren't allowed to have guns. I was just about to say, everybody just doesn't have a gun there. Yeah. And also, he was overjoyed and excited about the party. Another thing, Yoshi wasn't wearing his glasses, and I don't think he was wearing contacts either. And I don't know why not the contacts. I don't know. Maybe he was out. I don't know. So we don't even know if he really saw the gun. 
But Webb saw the gun and tried to warn Yoshi, but his English was limited. So maybe just in the rush of everything, he couldn't comprehend what was happening. So Webb said the last thing that he heard was an exchange between Yoshi and Rodney. Yoshi moved toward him in kind of a sing-songy way, had his arms up and were like, we're here for the party. We're here for the party. And he was trying to be kind of in character. So kind of like dancing a little bit, you know, like, yeah. again, I don't know what is going to happen, obviously. And I'm going to, I'm going to be Kanye for a second. I'm going to let you finish, but (laughs) I'm heartbroken right now. I don't know what's happening. My anxiety is at a 10. Like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm like, no, not Yoshi. I I know. Rodney shouted freeze. And Yoshi did not understand what that meant. And so he kept walking toward Rodney. And Rodney later said that he believed Yoshi to be a crazed person because he couldn't make out the words he was saying and how he was moving. It just wasn't normal. Have we ever heard of other languages? Right. Not really. Right. parts. Yeah, obviously. Like, what is ha- Oh, God. And also, Yoshi was carrying a camera, like one of the old school... Not to develop the film. Yeah, like that kind of bulky camera, but okay. Rodney said he thought it was a weapon. Okay. Looks the same. It's understandable. Yes. But I need to note that they were five feet apart at this point. But because of all of that, Rodney fired one shot hitting Yoshi in the chest. (laughs) My gosh. Then Rodney slammed the door shut leaving Yoshi alone. Webb rushed to Yoshi, tried to assess the situation the best he could, and then ran to the neighbors to get help and for them to call 911. Webb said that Yoshi was moaning and crying when he was beside him, and he asked if he could speak, and Yoshi said yes. The ambulance came, and that was the last time that Webb ever saw Yoshi alive. God. The bullet ripped through his left lung, piercing both upper and lower lobes, and it exited near the seventh rib, and he passed away from loss of blood in the ambulance. Oh, gosh. It said that Rodney and Bonnie did not go outside until the police arrived around 40 minutes later. 40 minutes? Yeah. And once, one of the neighbors who was trying to help, and they didn't know that Rodney was the one who had shot him. They knocked on the door trying to get them to come outside and everything. And Bonnie yelled, go away. Who does that? Yeah. No regard for life. Mm -mm. Richard and Holly had to tell Webb the bad news at the police station because he was taken there to give his statement and all. So he was just aware that Yoshi was shot, put into the ambulance, and the rest was up in the air. And Holly being a doctor, Webb had asked her the chances of Yoshi surviving this. She said, you know, some do and some don't. It honestly just depends. But Yoshi didn't survive this time. And Webb's first thoughts were about Yoshi's parents and how bad he felt for them. Two days after the accident, Yoshi's parents flew into town Holly said that she was so scared because they had trusted her with his life and he was killed. Right. 
But the first question they had for her was, how is Webb? Oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. What a sweet family. (sighs) I know. I think that just speaks volumes for both families that Webb's first questions or, you know, thoughts were about his parents and then vice versa. Mm -hmm. So local Baton Rouge police questioned Rodney and then released him because he was within his rights of shooting Yoshi. They had a stand your ground kind of law. And since he was on his property, he was a trespasser. But doesn't there have to be a reasonable fear for your life? Not then, then you could, everybody who pulls in your driveway and goes to the wrong fucking house, you just get to shoot them. Right. Oh God. Okay. Right. Perfect. Well, exactly. So the Louisiana governor, Edwin Edwards, that was very hard for me to say. It's a mouthful. And, <laughs> and the Japanese consul in New Orleans, they were like, nah, my dude. And so Rodney was then charged with manslaughter. Rodney's defense centered around Yoshi having an, and I quote, extremely unusual manner of moving. Oh, my God. So he was dancing. <laughs> Literally, probably like doing a disco dance. Yeah, right. A kid, a kid. They said that any reasonable person would find scary, and they really laid it on thick to the jury that Rodney was an average Joe, just like them, and could practically be one of their neighbors. So white, Uh right? Exactly. Yoshi couldn't be one of your neighbors, and also. Yoshi was a very talented dancer. The only people that scared people with dancing, me. Yeah. <laughs> the fucking yeah, worst. Yeah, like, he so. probably would have been, like, a, yeah, good, like, you would be able to tell he's dancing, not moving at you in a scary way. Like, oh, And whatever. even then, it's fucking Halloween. So, okay, so he's walking like a zombie? Like, what? I know. What are I they going to do when pe- kids are trick-or-treating? Trick or yeah. Trespassing. <laughs> yeah, shoot them all. My God. <laughs> On that note, it has to be said that in a lot of different articles, it said that central Louisiana, where the shooting took place, was predominantly white and it was a working class population. And when Webb was by himself, Bonnie wasn't too scared. It was only when Yoshi came into the picture did she slam the door. And her description of Yoshi was basically darker skinned. She said, Quote, I guess he appeared Oriental. He could have been Mexican or whatever. Okay, first of all, who says Oriental? Mm-hmm. Um, you can only call rugs Oriental. Thank you. And what does it matter? No, I mean, yeah, it, yeah it obviously is like if you're not white, then you're dangerous and I feel free to shoot you. Or Yeah, it's, I don't understand it. Yeah. And I'm sorry, five feet apart, you should be able to tell that that's a camera, especially – Let's just say devil's advocate. Now, if somebody had like one of those cameras, I could see where I could, I don't buy it, but I could see now where it would be like, no, I've never seen one of those before. But fucking 1992, you've seen these cameras. You know he's holding a fucking camera. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's five feet apart. They're not even socially distanced. (laughs) Well, during the trial, Rodney and Bonnie both testified that Yoshi was laughing and that threw them off. But hello, we all laugh when we're in like a weird situation. So I feel like he didn't know what was going on. So he's like, here for the party, like trying to like, yeah. yeah. 
then like the guy's not saying anything or he's saying a word that he doesn't know. So he's just yeah. kind of like laughing. Like it's not rule out nervous laughter. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. The district attorney at the time, Doug Moreau, he tried to convey that he couldn't see shooting was justified here. Rodney was 6'2 and armed. Yoshi was around 130 to 145 pounds. He was smiling, laughing, like they said. They didn't have masks on. They didn't try to break in. They rang the doorbell. They did not try to disguise themselves at all. They didn't walk into the backyard. They didn't look through the windows. They were not being suspicious. They were walking away. Rodney opened the door. Like, he did not see anyone through the blinds. He opened the door, and that, like, called them back. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, yeah. Like, if you go knock on somebody's door, nobody answers, you're walking away, you hear the door then open, you're going to turn back around and be like, and now I will go and engage this person to see if I'm at the right. Like, that's so absolutely normal. Yes. And, oh, gosh. Well, the trial lasted seven days, and the jury only took three hours to deliberate, and ultimately, Rodney was found not guilty. (gasps) Yeah. Okay, now what? I'm pissed. Oh, just you wait. No, just okay. Okay. The courtroom erupted in applause <gasps> when the verdict was announced. That's disgusting. Was uh, Tommy Yoshi's family wasn't. Okay, so I heard that they didn't think that they would get a verdict that quickly. And so they weren't there. Thank God. And for I that. didn't know that they could, like, do the verdict without them being there? I think I, so. I think it just has to be like the defendant and the. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, because everyone's like, the verdict's coming, like, you know, and they like, yeah, well, yeah, they usually do a certain amount of time. Right? Back in. Yeah. 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 So I thought, like, every, you know, like the people had, but I'm so glad because I could not imagine right. them being there and like not Having really to see even people understanding. Applaud. Yeah. yeah. Your son's death. Yeah. Oh. Murder. Excuse me. Murder. Murder. Yes. But it didn't stop there because later on, Yoshi's parents, because they're amazing, they filed a civil suit against Rodney and they won. He he was found liable for $650,000 in damages. Of the total $650,000, his insurance company, like his home insurance, paid $100,000 and he was responsible for the rest. So I don't think they actually got the rest of that, but they got the $100,000. But that, I mean, that doesn't bring back their son, but. Right. And according to Wikipedia, which we know, like, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, (laughs) he did lose his home and his supermarket job, but what Yoshi's parents did with the money, they used that to create two charities in Yoshi's name, one to fund U.S. high school students who want to visit Japan, and one to fund organizations to lobby for gun control. Both of Yoshi's parents and his host parents went on to become very active for gun law reform in America. And they actually met with Bill Clinton in 1993, and they presented him with a petition for stronger gun control that had 1.7 million Japanese citizen signatures on it. Like Japanese American or no. like from Japan? Okay. From Japan. And this is, again, 1993. So it wasn't right. like- This isn't a Facebook thing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Yeah. So they had like boxes and boxes and boxes and boxes, and they all had like his- 
picture attached to it wow. and everything. And both families really supported the Brady Bill, which mandated background checks and a five-day waiting period for gun purchases in the U.S. And it's named after a gun violence victim named James Brady. And that was signed into law by Bill Clinton in 1993. The U.S. ambassador to Japan, Walter Mondale, he gave the copy of the act to Yoshi's parents in December of that year. And he told them that Yoshi's death, quote, had a very definite impact on the passage of the Brady Bill. Because I think it had taken like years to get that, like even presented Well, there was a documentary created by Christine Choi that was released in 1997 about Yoshi's death. It's called The Shot Heard Round the World. And I got a lot of information from a show called The Justice Files. And the episode was Get the Gun. Yoshi's parents are still active as fuck in gun control. They recently talked to students who survived the Parkland shooting in 2018. Holly and Richard are still involved as well and recently started a Yoshi Memorial Fund at the college that Richard went to. They gave a $500,000 endowment to start that memorial fund, and it covers any kind of cost for any Japanese students who study there. And I just want to leave y'all with this information. The correct house for that Halloween party was, in fact, down the block only five doors away. Oh my God. They were almost there. Yeah. Oh my Five doors God. away. Bless his heart. This is giving me like a very Trayvon Martin kind of feel. Yes. God. Yeah. I heard a case too. I can't, I can't remember if it was local or I don't think it was, but I remember hearing about this kid who like, he lived in a neighborhood where all the houses looked exactly the same and it was really late at night and he was getting back home and he was trying to be really quiet. So he tried to like sneak in a window or whatever because he didn't want to get in trouble. He got in the wrong house by accident and was shot and killed. Like, oh my I mean, it's gosh. just like, can we ask a question? Can we ask one? I mean, I don't know. It's the middle of the night. You see somebody come in your house. That would be terrifying. But at the same time, it's like. You have to get the facts before you just start shooting. I mean, my gosh, like, I just, I don't understand. And with this one, clearly, I I know for a fact that Yoshi was not being aggressive in the least. He was not dangerous. There was absolutely no reason to shoot. And this story is making me want to yeet everything right out the window. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I I can't, like, I can understand your right to protect your house if somebody, like, like you said, if somebody's coming in, because that is scary. And. You can't like reason with them and be like, hey, why are you in here? You know, I, so I can understand that. But this kid is so far away from you. You literally could back in and close the door before he even ran to get to you if he was coming at you. Yeah, that's the other thing is did they literally like the moment that she was scared and she said, get the gun, she should have been dialing 911. Yes. If you were truly fearful of your life, you at some point should have been calling 911. Yeah. Right. They never did. And he didn't know what he was looking for until the kid, like he opened the door and saw the kids. Yeah. He didn't know what he was doing. He just got the gun. During the trial, he said like he would never own a gun again. And they actually gave him back his gun because he was acquitted of everything. 
And Yoshi's parents wanted that gun to destroy it. And I couldn't find anything that said that he gave it to him because, hello, if you don't want to own a gun, like. Yeah, but he's not going to do that because he's. Right. But he said he would never own a gun. Well, during the Justice Files, again, that little thing, it it said, well, like he had, he did have guns in his possession at the time of this filming. And I was like. Dang. I got you. Like, I, I know what you're talking about. I'm not even surprised by that information. Like, right. Well, again, and I, I mean, you have the right to protect yourself. If you yeah. really, truly feel that you are in danger, or somebody's going to kill you, you should be able to protect yourself. Yeah. However, like, where do you draw that line of someone's dancing at you and being like, hey, we're here for the party. And then you're like, oh, they're walking at me creepy. And then you kill them like yeah. that's there was no reaching for um, a gun. Even if you thought that they had one, there was no there was nothing to right. indicate that you were actually in danger. And yeah. well, Webb was on the other like at the end being like, like, stop, don't do that. Come back. But Yoshi, you know, couldn't understand that. So there's another kid being like, come back, come back. It, you know what I mean? Like, so it's not yeah, like we're not trying to get into your house. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, and they're actively leaving when he opens the door. So right. it's yeah. like problem mm-hmm. solved. Yeah. Well, but, and like how many cases do you see where like, you know, there is a perpetrator who manages to subdue three victims at one time. And the assumption is, well, they have a gun. They're holding a gun on you. You've walked out the door. Your wife is obviously fucking petrified of everything because this is stupid but you open the door your wife is scared you have the upper hand right now mm-hmm. hey what are you doing here you've already pulled a gun ask a question mm-hmm. you don't just shoot without any without anything you don't open the door and just start shooting like they i, I mean, cannot believe he was allowed to still have guns after that if i, I know mean, rodney like i think i do he's mm-hmm. the kind of guy that's like Shoot first, ask questions later. You know what uh-huh. I mean? He probably has it on a t-shirt or a bumper sticker. I yeah. guarantee oh he does. He does. Yeah. And he's got I'm- an I eat ass sticker on the other <laughs> side of his bumper. There's nothing wrong with eating ass. I was okay? gonna say I mean, well. I'm not no, but <laughs> it's kind of my favorite because it makes Torella scrunch. She's like, Ooh, and it makes me happy. So <laughs> I mean, I'm terrified of getting um E. coli, so I won't do it, but go right ahead to me. <laughs> okay. Consenting Tor- adults, I'm I'm fine with it, but it is, yeah. Tori's like, wait, I can get E. coli. <laughs> <laughs> this just got dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the five feet apart thing really played a part in it with the jurors because they said that he kept approaching him and like they were only five feet apart. He could have came in and like um, Rodney had a gun. Yeah. So at any point, he literally could have shot him this whole time. You know what I mean? And then mm-hmm. Rodney said, oh, I thought I shot him in the shoulder when I went inside. Either way, you didn't call 911. You didn't like, call you 9-1-1. fired your weapon. Mm-hmm. And then you went inside. Like, what? Well, I can understand the go inside because if they, even though they didn't, if they really did feel like they were in danger of their lives and there was another person there right i can understand him going inside but go inside and call 911 yeah go inside make sure you're safe and call 911 fucking one i mean i just don't get yeah. it yeah there wow. was nothing that this case is infuriating yeah mm-hmm. yeah it really is and yeah he got he got acquitted and then to make matters worse everybody was like Woo-hoo! We, we love hate crimes mm-hmm. i know and uh it's just 
Oh, and again, I, I get what you're saying, Carrie, because yeah, like if someone came on my property, whatever, like I'd be like, oh my gosh, I'd be like in my bed with my covers over my head being like, home alone style, protecting. right? Yeah, yeah. Like, that's it. But I get it. Like you want to be able to protect yourself, but it's these cases when you see it like this, it's like that isn't protecting yourself. No, that is right. cold-blooded fucking murder. Yes. That he was not protecting himself. He was not protecting his house. He was not protecting his wife. That was cold-blooded murder. Yeah. Yes. And I don't even, 100%. honestly, I don't even think Rodney even knew what he was doing. He just. He didn't. He just heard, get the gun and went and did it. He didn't know what he was looking yeah. for. He just saw someone, a per- he just saw a person of color and pulled the fucking trigger. Yeah. Yeah, and Yoshi is so freaking cute, and yeah. like he was—he's small and just what you know. And I mean, you know, that's a child. Like you know, that's not mm-hmm. a forty-year-old guy who just busted out of prison. Like, right? Yeah, that's a child. Well, and he was down for everything. And I think it's really, really amazing that his parents, after that, were still advocating for like studying abroad and exchange right? students because I don't know. I know our dad would be like, huh, never again. Like, mm-hmm. that's never going to, you know, but it's like, it's an easy thing to be like, that's too scary or so, so many things, bad things can happen. But the fact right. that they're so open-minded and forgiving and loving in both families, except for Rodney and Bonnie. Mm-hmm. Bonnie, I know. I, oh, oh, I teared up when I, I watched some of it from Mako talking to the Parkland survivors. Oh, uh-uh. And- I just like kind of lost it a little bit because I'm just like, this woman is incredible. Yeah. And it's just, I I don't have that grace. I was not born with that grace inside of me at all, at all. Wow. Well, that story, thank you for sharing that with us. That was intense. Yes, it was. So sad. Okay. Well, y'all are really the stars of the show. So, we want to know a little bit more about y'all. So tell us some more about your podcast. Do y'all have like certain episodes that really stick out to y'all that you've covered? Well, okay. So we put out three technically cases a week, I guess. So we've got like two on our Patreon and then like, you know, one on our regular feed. So we cover so many cases. It feels like, um, but I feel like every week y'all probably do this too, where it's like, this is the saddest case or the, you know, like whatever. This is the toughest case mm-hmm. like every single week. Obviously, we wake up every morning pissed at Casey Anthony. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was say Casey Anthony. Without fail. Yeah. Yes. She Fuck grates her. on my fucking nerves every day. Yes. Yeah. Her and um, I almost Jody said Peter Aries. Griffin. Oh. Yes. <laughs> yes. No, what's his name? Pete, uh, Scott Peterson. Oh. Is that oh, the one? Yeah. No, wait. Yeah. No, wait. Is yeah. that the one? The staircase? Yes. Yeah. Oh, he, oh, Mike, no. Michael Peterson. Michael Peterson. Peterson. But all the Petersons. There's like 80 of them. Yes. Yeah. Michael Peterson. Yeah. Right and there's there. a Drew Peterson too, right? Yes. That there's like, literally yeah. to do that one. three. Yeah. And if your last name is Peterson, like, you know, hope, surely you're not a, a dickhead too. But it seems like <laughs> a lot of like dickhead Petersons. Maybe you can represent really? the Peterson name well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So y'all do doc jams on your Patreon, correct? Mm-hmm. Which yes. I love. I love that whole thing because I used to jam out to jock jams. Okay. <laughs> like, I mean, well, I mean, you gotta love a fucking 90s reference. Right. 
Got you. It's kind of like all we do. Oh, I was, yeah, I was telling Donna earlier that, so for Halloween, I don't know when this one will drop, but for Halloween, Tori put together like a little curated list of like shows to watch. It's like a Halloween TGIF. So it's literally like what there's yes. a step-by-step episode. Uh, Sabrina, Boy Meets oh World, my God, yes. and Family Matters. Yeah. She like handpicks some Halloween episodes. So um, we'll Where have that, I guess, up on, our, on Instagram. Um, I can't and remember she said she was going to post it, but. Yeah, they're on Hulu, HBO Max, and Disney Plus. So. Oh, that's going to be So awesome. y'all have got to go follow. What y'all's. Uh, your your handle on Instagram. Oh God, Killer Queens Podcast. Yes, y'all go follow Killer Queens Podcast on Instagram so that y'all get this list because I know what I'm gonna be doing. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> and Tori, like literally, uh, she lives in the '90s. Like everybody that knows, like that's friends with us, call her a Spice Girl. She's like a real life Spice Girl. <laughs> so it's just like if you ever have any questions about the '90s, like Tori has it. Well, thank you very much. That's the sweetest thing you've ever said to me. And um, also, yesterday, I lived my 90s fantasy when one of the guest stars, he was on uh, Family Matters. I follow him on Instagram, so I liked his photo. And then he commented on mine and liked mine. And I was like, <gasps> oh, oh, my God. God. Oh, I was my so God. excited. <laughs> Well, and also we somehow she runs into Jason Marsden, Jason Marsden all the him. time in Nashville. Who so he, was he was on Full House? He was on Fam, uh, excuse me, Boy Meets World. He was the voice of Max from a Goofy Movie. Yes. The voice of yes. Binks from Hocus Pocus. Yes. yes. Oh yeah. my So God. he's doing some kind of show. It's a variety Next show. Week? It's called the a Mars Variety Show, show on uh, Monday, November the first, from six to nine p.m. Cool. and it's free. And we're gonna go. And oh so my good. gosh. <laughs> He invited me. No big deal. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he always played the like really smart one. Uh-huh. Yes. And goofy, that's so really awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's so awesome. And he's so nice. Every time I've come up to him, because literally, I don't know how I don't have a restraining order against me at this point, because I'm always <laughs> like, oh my gosh, you're Jason Marsden. And he's like, yeah. And he's so nice. He's so nice. Well, Tori, do you have like a favorite scary movie that you like? Like Absolutely. a go-to? Oh, yeah, for sure. She has um, them, like, ranked in, like, different categories <laughs> or yeah. sub-genres of horror and yeah. things like that, yes. I feel like the one that I watch all of the time – so is it is it okay to do, like, maybe a new one and then an oh, old – Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Old priest and a new priest. Um, <laughs> so the new one I think I watch way too much is Hereditary. I don't know why. I just cannot get enough of it. It makes me We feel, can't be friends, but okay. Oh, <laughs> It makes me wildly uncomfortable and I love that feeling. Like I'm, it's un- an unsettling feeling. And I think it's really, I don't know. It's just like that anxiety and I really enjoy it. Plus I love Tony Collette. So there are reasons. I do but, like her. Yes. Tony Collette too. I knew who that person was. I'd there you go. Hereditary, you but <laughs> hereditary um, or heredity? Hereditary. <laughs> hereditary. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> or or I mean, <laughs> I also love The Conjuring too. So that hmm. one's a fun one as well. Is that the one I've seen? Girl, I don't know. Yeah, but I watched it with you. The Conjuring's I've watched, I've watched with you. I don't know. I've seen them all, so I don't know which one. I, see, I don't know what I've seen. I think I've seen that one. It's got okay. a nun, if that okay. is familiar Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen that one. We watched <laughs> okay. it at your house. Yeah. Your old house. It's really good. Yeah. And then um, old ones, my favorite, favorite is the remake of House on Haunted Hill with Tay Diggs and Famke Jensen. Um who else? Peter Gallagher. It's so yes. good. Okay. Now, Peter Gallagher. Oh, he's those daddy. brows. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, he's no. You know who's that? Tom Selleck. Ooh. With the facial hair. He's a daddy. 
Yeah, yeah he, he is. He good, he good. I want him to rock me to sleep. Seriously. Like, I just want him <laughs> to just, like, put me on his chest and just hold me and read me a bedtime story. You just hang on to the chest hair. In his chest hair? Yeah. Yes. That is some soft chest hair, and I feel it. It's like, fluffy. Oh, oh, safe. Oh, God. That's hilarious. Well, y'all are freaking amazing. Thank y'all so much for being here and doing with us because, look, we know y'all are doing all the things. Y'all have got your Patreon content. What are y'all doing? Y'all doing what on the green room? On, is it on Spotify? It's, yes. Uh, its own separate app. So it's Spotify Green Room. And um, our show is called True Crime Rewind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On so Tuesdays, right? Tuesday nights. Yes, yeah. Tuesdays yeah. So at 8 Central. Y'all check that out too. We love the Killer Queens and we are so, so thankful that y'all were here. Yes. Thank you for having Thank us. You. Oh, we've been trying to make this work forever. I'm so glad we got, it. We got it worked yes. out. It was so fun. But as we always say, remember. Creep it real. Remember. Creep it real. And, and don't, don't get, get scared. scared.